friends. It was around, oh, might I say, two and a half years ago that we were introduced to Din Djarin and Grogu in The Mandalorian. And um, it's time for us to go back into that world come February. And we're going to be talking about that. We are talking about the leaked celebration footage uh, from May. And we're going to be talking about all the rumors that are coming out of... Mandalorian Season 3. My name is Jesse Bo Rudkin, and welcome to Cappuccinos on Coruscant. We are, might as well be cocktails on Coruscant. I'm having a grapefruit tequila yeah. soda. How are you today, Nick? Dude, this is the answer to your question. I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, in the afternoons, we drink. It's just not coffee. Uh, or it's coffee with something a little extra in the bottom. Guys, Star Wars might as well be an incontinent 85-year-old man because the amount of leaks coming out of it is absolutely bonkers and i know jesse bow <laughs> i know good. he likes that one and i know he's funny. excited um because guys you would think for the basically the hottest project off the star wars skillet would have better protection on stuff getting leaked but <laughs> that's where you'd be wrong ever since let think starships ever since pablo uh started wandering the streets let's just say there's been a lot more leaks than usual Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do we do have a contact on the street talking to pablo giving us all this inside baseball yeah uh, guys before we get any further or drink anymore which to be fair i haven't tried this i'm on a budget so that's why i got wild turkey we're gonna see how it is you might get it on the air uh whiskey review but guys make sure to follow us on social media um instagram tiktok are the two that we're on uh both about equally as active guys were at twenty five thousand views on tiktok for the hashtag cappuccinos on coruscant we really appreciate the viewership uh the engagement we really appreciate that so make sure to go follow there and that's just for like uh tiktok and instagram is letting you know when we're going live letting you know when episodes are airing but more than that it's some some little niblets of what we normally talk about here on the show but you i mean to- i am a big fan of niblets I listen, man. I love nibs and niblets for sure. I'm a nibbler of the highest degree. I listen. Of all the things I could be called, a nibbler is chief among them. So make sure to uh, to check us out on social media. Oh, Watson's coming over to say hello. I don't know if y'all can see him. Yeah, there he is. There's Watson. Um, hey, so the other thing is, is follow us on SoundCloud if you're listening. You've already found us on Apple Podcast or SoundCloud. Go ahead and subscribe, follow, leave a rating, leave a review. If you listen to this and you think to yourself, these are two college-age kids who drink and talk way too damn much, let us know. And if you think, man, these guys reach enlightenment with a little bit of alcohol in the system, also let us know. We're like we're like Joe Rogan without UFOs and ayahuasca. Or weed. Nice. All right. So <laughs> let's get this uh, show on the hyperspace lanes to Leakville. Bo, take yeah. us away. Absolutely. So we are going to run through some some really crazy leaks that are coming out of making Star Wars. Buku. Uh, yeah, Buku. Buku. Buku leaks coming out of uh, makingstarwars.net. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of awesome. It's going to be some really some hair-raising stuff that you're going to be like, what? And then there's going to be some stuff that you've already seen that we've yet to talk about. Um in the leaked footage uh, of Mando season three. Have you seen the leaked footage yet from Celebration? Okay. Oh, oh, of Mando? I have, yeah. Okay, yeah. So what did you think about it before we get any further? 
Listen, um, sorry, I got a lot going on. My, uh, as y'all can see, my dog is full attention seeking mode. Um, but what did I think about it? I thought it was pretty good. I think um, Mandalorian set the bar initially and will continue to set the bar in terms of the level of production quality and value in Star Wars television. Because, excuse me, as I saw someone post on TikTok, <laughs> they were like, guys, Obi-Wan looks, or Book of Boba Fett looks like it was filmed in somebody's backyard. And they were talking about how Andor looks exponentially better. And I would agree. But Andor is shades of Mandalorian in terms of the production quality and the production value that they're putting forward. So I'm excited because I think we're going to have a return to higher quality looking uh, TV. And obviously Mandalorian clearly gets the most R and D so to speak in terms of story and everything. So I think, I think it's, I mean, Hey, Mandalorian has set the bar. I would not even say for star Wars TV, but for streaming services in general, Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think it was the natural progression after seeing the success of Game of Thrones. Oh, a thousand percent. So I think I think Mandalorian has the most to lose and the least to gain. But if they maintain their level of, uh, of their level of content, I don't I don't mm-hmm. see it as a miss. I think it's a can't miss, quite frankly. Uh, well, I want to bring this up. I want to bring this up because we've talked about this previously on the show and. I think it is. I think it is worth kicking around, uh, like to Guatemalans with a soccer ball, and in a mud field. In a mud field, I I I think it's worth kicking about. So we have Disney Star Wars operating on full cylinders at their best, highest quality, peak quality. Whenever it is new, it is fresh. It is different. Do you think... Oh, boy. I love where this is going. I love... Do you think... Okay, so there's a stark contrast between Mando Season 1 and Season 2. And I've been starting to see this a lot more. And actually, there's been a rise of contrarians over Mandalorian Season 2 recently on on the YouTube. Mando Season 1 is super different to Mando Season 2. We get Tor Calican in Season 1, and we get Luke Skywalker in Season 2. Exactly. And there's the shift between stop bringing legacy characters in... You're shitting on my childhood because you're treating me with disrespect. Although I think it's more, hey, you're shitting on my childhood because I'm a disenfranchised adult and I want to enjoy things as I did whenever I was a seven-year-old little boy sucking on my mother's teeth. I'm a salty bastard that drowns my sorrows in a bottle of whiskey and my second wife left me and I didn't get the kids. Yeah. No, seriously, that's what it sounds like to me. But um, what do you think? Do you think The Mandalorian is... Especially now that we're getting into the whole Mandalorian culture territory. Um, I know my opinion. I know what I believe. What what say you? Do you think we're getting in too much of familiar territory? Because there is a lot of... The level of cameos that Season 2 of Mandalorian had is, is what's going to be happening in Season 3, according to the leaks at least. Okay, so... My take on this is that season two had the appropriate amount of cameos and stuff because after the success of season one, there has to be another another level, so to speak, not necessarily just in storytelling, but you have to kind of transcend from the, okay, we're telling a really good authentic story. We got to add a little bit something extra sure. for the next season. I get that. And I think that was fine. Um and and going off your point, I'm I'm really terrified that Star Wars 
if it hasn't already, it's going to get marvelified. You know oh, what I well, mean? It it totally is number one because if you look at phase, it's phase five and six that was announced at San Diego Comic Con for Marvel. Yeah, it's just off in the weeds. It's it's despicable. But that's not the point. No, but I think here's yeah. the biggest thing: is Mando season one. I do think was better than season two. Objectively, I think it was. I think it's a be- I think it's a better told story, no matter what you think. And I enjoyed it. It reaches too much into legacy, and if it's like we're introducing Boba Fett so he can have his own show, which I don't think is what's happening. If I trust John Favreau and Dave Filoni, well, I just don't think that's what's going on. I don't think I don't think they're teeing up story elements just to start the, a new show on a character that we already know. So, to which fully- is what I mean whenever I say Marvelified. Sure. To to fully answer your question, I think the the ultimate question is how good is the story writing? If they write a damn good story yeah. and they add in cameos, I'm gonna be upset. So here okay, let me rewind. Season one was great. A lot of original characters. Yeah. Uh, set the bar, right? Season yeah. two. Disney took a calculated, but I think well-executed risk in introducing more legacy characters, introducing cameos, stuff like that. Okay, we're starting to teeter towards using legacy characters as crutches, but it was done and executed in a way that didn't cross that. My biggest concern about season three will be Disney says, hey, whoa, season two worked so well adding in more legacy characters. And in Book of Boba Fett, we brought in more legacy characters and it worked even better. Like the, the most loved episodes of Book of Boba Fett were the ones with Luke and Ahsoka. Let's add even more into season three of Mando and it can only get better. I think what they need to do, and this is in my I'm terrified of that happening, but signs show a little bit of both. Kind of like what we had in season two. Right. So in my non-professional uh, personal opinion, I think season three needs to pull way back not because the legacy characters in season two were bad, but to avoid using them as crutches and moving away from what made season one good. I think they need to reel way back in and go back to the basics of season one in terms of their storytelling, original character development and all this stuff. Now, granted, totally different story. Like I don't think they need to rehash season one, but Mm -hmm. go back to the building blocks of season one and do that because it's going to do a few things. One, it's going to be unexpected. People are going to be expecting more Luke, more Boba, more legacy characters, Dangar. More all of these characters than I'm about to mention. Right. They're going to expect more of that. I hope- Well, looking at these characters, you know, it makes sense of why they would be in the storyline for the for the Mandalorian Civil War that's about to go on. Well, okay, but so this goes, this is, a, this is another point that I was, I remembered that I forgot and I'm glad you brought it back up. I don't think the Mandalorian Civil War and stuff like that, I'm not including that under legacy character, legacy Star Wars stuff, because at the end of the day, hold on, sorry, the dogs are playing. We've heard of we've heard of Mandalorian Civil Wars, but we've never necessarily seen it. It has not been flushed out nearly to the degree that literally everything else has been almost that's in canon, besides like the ancient old Republic Jedi Sith Wars. Other than that, or the Mandalorian Jedi Wars, other than that, everything's been more flushed out. So I don't think the Mandalorian Civil War is stuff that we need to worry about being oversaturated because even the legacy characters in regards to the Mandalorian Civil War is what? Like Ben Rao, like the Vizsla clan, drop the biggest name Mandalorian. Yeah, and and they would make sense. They would fit, yeah, it would be a circle and a circle peg, it would be a circle peg in a circle shaped hole. And not not only would it fit, 
The most we've gotten of any of those characters is probably what? Free Vizsla? Oh my God, six episodes in a kid's TV show. Oh dear Lord, that's oversaturated. Like, no, yeah. it's not. It's not that's Han Solo flying with the Millennium Falcons yelling Wahoo with Chewie going. Exactly. It, it's, yeah. not, it's not nearly as, as flushed out. So I think that's fine. My biggest thing is, is the Boba Fett's, the Luke's, uh, any bounty hunters that we see in the original trilogy, if it's Dangar, if it's Forlom, like while those haven't been too overdone, yeah. by, by those potentially or being canonically consistent to be brought in, then is when I'm like, you're not doing it for story or because it yeah. really plays a part. You're doing it just for the name recognition. And so people go, oh my God, that's Forlom. Like they didn't Obi-Wan. He served no purpose in Obi-Wan. It was just a cool like, oh, that's cool. But okay, so yeah, no, for sure. It's um, I think there's a very fine line they have to teeter. I agree. Yeah, it's a I very agree. very fine line of adding in characters that make sense, and we're gonna get into that soon. But also, if Luke is just around, I know he serves this overarching story that they're about to tell with Thrawn. But it would make sense for him to be in Ahsoka. It wouldn't make sense for him to be in the middle of a Mandalorian Civil oh, War. I, I a thousand percent agree. And this is... This That's not a fan business. So, well, this will be the be training test. Jedi. He should be training Ben. This will be the test of what Disney's after. What their methodology is in terms of writing these shows. If Luke shows up in season three, even if they take an episode or two out to make like a sub arc or a subplot that somehow involves him... The fact that they would take their time out to write that into the show, into the season, sure, goes to show that they are hell bent on having these legacy characters be a. So they can make money. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Rather than creating art that also makes money. Yeah. Also, for everybody listening, Bo sent me the show map, and I, I've had a really long day, so I just told Bo to basically take it from here. So if I just drop off, and you're like, you got anything else to say? No, I'm waiting for him to take it. <laughs> Absolutely. And have you seen any of these leaks? Uh, I read through everything. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm. I just don't remember everything off the top of my head. But okay. I'm here for it. And I'm here. Yeah. For it. Honestly, I like. And the people drop a comment on SoundCloud and Apple uh, for what you think. But I like kind of one of us having the ideas of what we're talking about, and the other having organic kind of reactions or thoughts. I do it. too. I do yeah. too. I like one one person to be the conversation helmer. Yeah. And I like one person to be kind of the straight man to whatever's going on. I am straight. That is what they call me. <laughs> that is what they call me down at the docks, <laughs> unless it's a Tuesday. So um, Tuesday and. Unless it's it's a Tuesday in Bangladesh. Unless it's a Tuesday in Bangladesh and Big Ball Ricky is down at the dock. Other than that, I'm a straight man. Big Ball Ricky. He only has one. Um, So we're going to go straight into leaks. So, okay. Mandalorian Season 3. Very high on the anticipation list. Right now, I'm most excited for Andor, which the original reviews just came out for that. I didn't know that. Nothing but praise. Okay, real quick, real quick. Don't move from this because since you brought up Andor, which I'm glad to hear yeah. nothing. But and as we were talking, I'm going to grab something from the other room. But I mean, like three seconds. So, ladies and gentlemen of the cast, it's just you and me. Let's just let's just take a minute. Let's sit back. Maybe pour ourselves another glass. And 
Sip under glass, I'm back. Okay, so guys, uh, the list or the uh, airing dates of Andor has been released. So I'm literally just going to read through this. This isn't going to be a, a let's analyze or deeper thoughts or here's our. Well, is there like a break in between episodes or is it just going to be streamlined? It's pretty streamlined, but I'll just read it anyways. So 12 episodes. Episode one, two, and three are all September 21st. Which we knew, we knew. Well, we knew it was in September. Did we know it was the twenty first? Yeah, we knew. We knew it was yeah. the twenty first. Yeah, so that, that was fact. They dropped that final trailer, which I need to watch it again. But it was it was great. Yeah. What do you think about the new trailer? Everything's the well. We talked about that last episode. Did we? I thought we only talked about the first one. No, because it dropped the day we did that episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, it was excellent. So, Loved it. So episode one, two, and three, September twenty first, and then it's every week. A new episode's drop, so I'm just going to run through this so you all can think in your head of when it happens. Episode 4 is the 28th. Episode 5 is October 5th. Episode 6 is the 12th. 7 the 19th. 8 the 26th. Episode 9 is November 2nd. 10 is November 9th. 11 is November 16th. And 12 is November 23rd. So from September 21st to November 23rd, two months. That's going to take us all the way through Thanksgiving. Every week, we're getting a new episode of Andor, which honestly... If we think about it, Mando, Mando was great. The The episodes were great and everything. They could have done more episodes a season, no doubt. Same thing with Kenobi. So I'm glad Man. we're getting this much in the way of Andor. Do you think that Andor is going to set the pace for Star Wars streaming seasons going forward? In terms of episode count, that they're gonna that this might be such a success? Well, how many, how many episodes was season one of Bad Batch? 16. And I think it's 16 again. Yeah, so, I don't know. But also, it's going to be running concurrently. Um, Bad Batch is going to be running concurrently with Andor. So on that same day, we will also get a Bad Batch episode. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't I don't know if it'll, quote, set the tone. I think... Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's a methodology, per se, in how they decide to do that. Because if you look at Mandalorian, I think it's... Focus on quality, really, really just uh, the objective is quality. Nail the eight episodes. Exactly. Do them to the best of your ability. I must have forgotten that when the, when the Book of Boba Fett came around. Well, but that's the thing is I think with Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi, their idea was the same. It just wasn't executed as well. Uh, yeah. And I think the whole point with Bad Batch having like 16 episodes a season is one, it's animated. Two, they're only like 20 or 30 minute episodes rather than like 40 or 35. Sure. Um. And the other thing is, it's it's less story heavy. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think Andor is going to be the quality of Mandalorian. I don't think the story is going to be as good as Mandalorian in the sense that it is like as impactful. I do. I don't think, think it's going to be as impactful for the rest of the galaxy. But I, do I think, think the story is going to be very dark, very adult, well, very so, focused on characters. So let me let me continue to qualify that statement. I don't think it's going to be as impactful, like crying when Mando says goodbye to Grogu. It's not going to be as impactful getting chills or shitting yourself when you see Luke in, uh, against the Dark Troopers. Maybe the first season. Maybe the first season. There's still a second season coming. Uh, maybe, but but here's the here's the point I'm going to make is I think it's going to be more interesting than Mandalorian in the sense that there's going to be more in- intrigue, there's going to be more politics, there's going to be more niche things going on that I think I'm going to be more interested in. But I think when I sit back and there are the poignant, 
hard-hitting moments, I think Mando will have hit me harder than Andor will. And I don't know. I could be proven wrong. That's just my, on this end of it being released, that's my idea of how that's going to of how that's going to go. But I think that also goes on to explain the 12 yeah. episodes. If they have more content than Mando does, it's going to force them to examine smaller things more closely, which yeah. I think goes to prove the point of it's going to be more intrigue, more interest. But by nature of having to examine smaller things more intently, there's probably, 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 probably qualifying, probably going to be less impactful on the audience sure. if it's more obscure things that they focus on. So they focus, but explore how men, how Andor and Mando are going to go. I think it's going to be interesting because for the next three years, Mando and Andor will be the continuing series. Right. The acolyte comes out. Well, and we didn't have an acolyte episode, by the way, there's a lot coming out with that. What is is bad batch getting a season three? Most likely, but I mean, bad batch is like the ugly step cousin at this point. Like no one really cares about the bad batch. It's like one of those things where like, I'm going to watch it when I get the chance for the casual fan for the diehards. It's going to be the, uh, icing on the cake whenever an Andor episode. Well, I am going, I am, but hold on, hold on. We should Instagram live stream when we watch these episodes together. Yeah. Uh, Because I will be sobbing when I see Cody and bad batch. Like just, I won't be sobbing. I'll probably just be like, "That's cool." My hair <laughs> will serve as a colander for the shits I will be having. Okay, so what I was saying earlier. Um, let me let me go back to my point. I think I think Andor and Mando are going to be they're they're going to be directly contrasted by the fandom. Like I think we're going to say, "How did Andor season one do in comparison to Mando season three, and then Andor right. season two, Mando season four? I think this will be a long-running thing, a long-running, I don't want to say contention, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how the fandom reacts because I think they're definitely catered towards two sides of the fandom. And or in Mando? I think I think that's where we're going. I think Mando's going to be for the larger, more epic. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to become well, more of the Avengers it's the T visor helmets. I mean, it's just the icon, the icon, the iconography. Of it's going to draw the most people in, and I think Andor, from what I'm understanding about the show and what I'm understanding about the first reviews, is it's going to be it's going to be more of the fringe fans. It's going to well, be I, people that want necessary don't necessarily want an awesome Star Wars story. They want a good story, and I think that's what Andor today. At the end of the day, Mon Mothma is not mainstream. So if Mon Mothma is a central character, it's going to be for the fringe. I'm not saying she's bad. I'm just saying Mon Mothma is not a yeah. character people have on t-shirts. And they're like, oh my God, Mon Mothma. Holy Who shit. knows? Stranger things have happened. They, the Mon Mothma could be one of those characters that we herald as one of the greatest after, after this Andor run. Who knows, man? Andor is going to be a bag full of surprises similar to Obi-Wan Kenobi. What? Are we getting Jimmy Smiths in Andor? We are. That's confirmed. Uh, yeah, sorry. No. So there's a lot going on with Andor. Um, the the review so far I've heard is that the critics are going to love it, but the casual fans are going to be a little bit drawn out of it because it's not. From what I understand, is it doesn't feel very Star Wars. Well, then we should have an episode, and this is the last thing I'm saying on Andor before I'm just going to leave your questions unanswered and we can move to Mando. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this is the Mando episode, but Andor, I just it's so close. I'm chomping at the bits. Well, Reviews are coming out. We're excited. 
with that last review, I, I think after after that comes out and after we watch it, we should have Darth Mads on and my uh, my fiance and at the time will be wife as casual fans and kind of get their ideas as to how they feel about Andor. Um, yeah, sure. Because I think that would be a good balance because not only is it casual, but it's from the female perspective, which is yeah. a lot more it's a, I mean, it's a lot more different than us. Also, I just realized that Andor immediately stops when the Willow series begins, which I thought I just realized is funny. I want to talk about Willow whenever it comes out, but whatever. We don't have to yeah, if you don't want to. You won't. Okay, cool. Sounds good. But I like Willow. I think Willow's cool. But um, I watched it once as, as a kid. And it was before I understood what midgets are. I don't, little people? I don't know. Little people. Was. Little people. Okay. I, already said, I already said the thing about the Guatemalans. Pr- protect yourself. Miniature men. Um. <laughs> but no, I, I, I love Willow. And right, I, I will bring it up to be annoying. But um, what? Mando. Mando. Okay. Andor coming. Very excited. Kind of worried now, but also still very excited. Uh, Mando. Let's talk about... Okay, so these are some pretty crazy leaks. Um... Okay, and before Mando begins, like literally in December or January, I want to predict how the series goes episode Let's by episode. Let's do it. And, uh, and we can make it like a points and like a punishment thing because I think that'd be really fun for viewers. But um, let's start out with... Okay. Okay. Let's talk about Gideon. This is pretty much confirmed from the trailer if you have a brain and you know how Star Wars works. So... Pershing, Dr. Pershing, we know and we love him. He's going to be taking a much more prominent uh, role in season three. Oh, yeah. Same with the the female bridge commander. I forgot her name. I'm going to learn it before we begin. But the the, the lady with the dark troopers. Like, Gideon, the dark troopers are ready. Let's get ready. You don't remember her for season two? She looks like New Zealand. Okay, anyway, they are in a new Republic, like, uh, headquarters. What? Detention center or something? Detention center, yeah, exactly. And they're undercover as New Republic agents breaking Gideon out. So that, I think, will be a side plot. I love that idea for a side plot. I do, too. I don't think it's going to be, truthfully, how it's going to go. I wish... It was it was going to be staggered, almost like in a. I'm watching Solar Opposite, so this will be like the first thing I, I come to. It will be like the wall plotline in Solar Opposites. Like you'll get you'll get the main cast, and then you'll get that streamlined. But on the side, in between scenes, you'll get that side plot. Okay. Which I think is an excellent way to. I, I know it's only going to be an episode, and we're going to ditch Mando. We're going to ditch everybody for a little bit, and it's going to be. Pershing and that lady officer breaking out Gideon. So Gideon's back. Um, well, this, if you had to, if, if you asked me, Bo, hmm. if you were an Imperial and you came to me seeking my, in all my wisdom, who I thought would be the most capable in breaking out Imperial High Command, Dr. Pershing would be the only person I would think of. No, not Imperial Super Commandos. No, not Boba Fett. No, not any other bounty hunter. Ron, forget him. No. <laughs> How about Darth Vader? No. Visitors, get out of here. I want Dr. Parshing. 
I don't know if you knew this, but his enthusiasm outweighs his lack of discretion. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> he's going to bust in the prison. He's going to be like, I'm so excited to get Moff Gideon out of here. And Moff Gideon's going to be like, oh, Lord, help me. I forgot about his enthusiasm outweighing his discretion. But um, <laughs> I want to bet knowing Disney, that is actually going to be joked about because he's probably going to blow something in the escape attempt. I mean, it's so well, one thing that Disney loves, apparently, is calling back to the glory days of action movies like Spielberg and Schwarzenegger, Rambo. that kind of yeah, Rambo. It's gonna be that kind of stuff. It's gonna be very much like on the nose one liner. So and calling back to something else. So realistically, that will probably happen. But the female um, officer is gonna turn to Gideon and she's gonna be like, his enthusiasm outweighs his lack of discretion. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So one thing I want to say is, are you sick of people taking on the uniform of someone? on the opposite team, breaking out someone from their team. Because we see it in Star Wars all the time. Yeah. You're not sick of it? No. You weren't sick of it, episode four of Obi-Wan? No. Here's why. You ready? Sure, I'm ready. Lay it on I'm me. second glass, so I'm about to get damn bold. You better believe it. So, here's why. In a world of topsy-turviness and, oh, uh, legacy this, and, oh, legacy that, or... Uh, social justice this or social justice that or toxic fandom we want this oh no we don't want this we want that i feel like this is the only mechanism told within star wars or tool that people have used to get inside of other places that one doesn't have stark opposition to it like there is no like reddit subgroup of anti-infiltrating by wearing the costume group like there is none of that i think i'm gonna start one soon (laughs) two it's a way to incorporate the original trilogy in something that feels uniquely Star Wars without being on the nose about it. Like, sure. granted, you can sit there and think about it and be like, oh, now that I think about it, they've done this plenty of times. But like when you're watching it, you're not like, oh, this is what they're trying to do. Sure. Three, it's, I think, a subtle way of grounding it to it subconsciously. It's not something you sit there and you go, oh, I'm watching it. Uh, they're in uniform sneaking in. That makes me feel safe and feel at home. But it does feel... To an extent, I would agree with you. It, it, it's very Star Warsy. I mean, even Star Wars kind of, in a way... I mean, there's so many Star Wars documentaries, which I think we can talk about. Real quick, let me, my but, last point on this and then run with it. But yeah. the same way that subtle inclusion of species from certain trilogies can kind of like subtly add context clues to make you feel a certain way in the scene or in the arc. I feel like that way of getting into the Imperial base or, or first order base or whatever, I feel like it's the same thing. It's like when you see the Bith and you're like, Oh, you don't even notice. Like, Oh, you feel grounded whenever you're in that. Yeah. You feel grounded. You know where you're at when, once you feel blanket within star Wars, whenever I get uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to start off with the history because I think that's interesting. It's something that Star Wars kind of coined to an extent. I mean, yeah, now, we saw it in like 40s and 50s World War II it. movies. Popularized it. They popularized it. And that's something that was carried on. Oh my gosh, we see it. We don't see it a, we don't see it a lot in the rest of the Lucasian era. And I think that's even something that we need to take point of. That George Lucas... Did it in the original Star Wars, and then he never did it again. 
since the Disney acquisition, think about it. It's true. I mean, maybe the Clone Wars, but do we even count that as like mainstream at that at this point? Palpatine acting like a chancellor when he's a Sith. Okay, if you want to get super nuanced and like, okay, whatever. If you want to get into semantics, sure. But okay, but like something blatant on the nose where it's a trope. We see it in Rogue One. I think. We see it in The Last Jedi. We see it in The Force Awakens to an extent they don't take a uniform, but they break in. Same thing in The Rise of Skywalker as they did in The Force Awakens. Right. We see it several. We see it on several occasions. No, we only see it on one occasion in Mando. We've seen it a lot. We see it in Obi Wan. Yep. It's it's. I'm getting sick of it personally, because we focus on an entire episode, telling where we could be telling an original story to let's put on a costume and break someone out. Well, so so here. I think that comes down to how they use it rather than the tool itself or the trope itself. I think that comes down to it's not just that they put on the outfit, but Tala can just strut in and she's like, I'm an Imperial officer. Don't talk to me that way. And then she walks through rather than like, if that, if there was more to it yeah. or more complexity or, or well, let's, think about, let's, let's talk about episode 15, uh, chapter 15 of the Mandalorian. I don't even... Uh, Migs Mayfeld and that whole... Yes. All my homies died that day. F you. I think that's super interesting and that's executed like, okay, I haven't seen this side. This is really cool. That's not the fault of the trope. That's the fault of the writers who use the trope or the screenplay or whatever you want to call it. Because I look at the two most recent examples. We have Tala and Obi-Wan and then we have Migs and Mando. The Migs and Mando is like on a higher echelon because that introduces well new it it, pro, it it progresses our characters. I will say this actually, I, I joke about the Tala one. I think the Tala one was one of the most well executed ones because what it reinforced that we knew, but also told in a different way about the Empire and its hierarchy, where it's all established on how dare you disrespect me? Like you can't even ask questions. I'm a ranking officer. How dare you? And the guy just, okay, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Let's her through the way that she knows that's that like. The, that's the, really, that's, that's, that's good. That, that, cause I've always thought it was very cheesy and I've never looked at it that way. No. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just do a short kind of uh, further explanation on it. The way I viewed it. And I only viewed it the second or third time I watched the episode was it wasn't, uh, uh, let me through, please. Okay, you have like old credentials on your way. No, she gets caught. You're not allowed to be in here. She utilizes the fact that the Empire to a fault is so driven off of respect. Don't you question my commands. These are your orders. I don't care. that. And it almost reminds me of General Krell. Don't tell me there's a better strategy. I'm the damn boss. You do as I say. That's a That's a really good tie-in. Good job for thinking about that. Actually, that's that's a good tie-in. Well, just, I mean, let, let's think about that. I mean, the Republic's just the Empire reskinned. You don't have to go back and rewatch it now, but next time you watch it, just watch that scene and think about it in the way of like, what is Tala reinforcing about what, what we know in yeah. the Empire? And what are we learning about the Empire? Yeah, yeah, you'll enjoy it ten times more. I promise. But anyways, so like, I I joke about that one, 
But I would say that's less artfully done than the Mayfeld one. But compared to The Last Jedi or whatever, it was way more well done, I think. Yeah. The Last Jedi didn't provide, and I just watched it two nights ago. That wasn't like, oh, here's some new insight about the First Order. It was literally just like, the dumbass officer goes, oh man, this one section on the ship's grid just kind of glitched. Tap, tap. Oh, now it's working. I guess nothing happened. Like, that is a complete cut and paste of everything we've ever seen, but... Yeah. No, absolutely. It's That's the pinnacle of the trope. And since we only saw it in Rogue One earlier, and at that point, whatever Star Wars... Anything Star Wars that we could get our hands on, we thought was great. So... But now we've had so much, and now we're able to go, okay, are they are they relying on this too much? Are they not relying on this and too see, much? This is, I actually enjoyed the Rogue One usage of it because knowing that Andor's a spy, it's not just here are like three rebellion fighters or just revolutionaries who threw on the uniform and then knew how to act. Andor has been like deeply embedded within the Empire trying to get information, especially knowing that Jin and her family worked hand-in-hand hand with the Empire. And it's also like, Jim's backstory of what's exactly. what this means to her. Yeah, so I think that's a really well executed. It's putting on the skin of your enemies, and it's it's seeing what the 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 wasp hive looks like from the inside. Well, and it's not just the enemies; it's what she, for her entire life, believed her mother and father to be was imperial. Yeah, until Absolutely. she saw the message. Other than that, uh, at Saw Guerreras, other than that, she had no clue what. Like she just thought her dad was an imperial. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I, which makes me sound for Andor because we're going to be able to see some really cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm worried about that, but also like I know that it can be done really well. Right. So um, going to the next thing is uh, there is a spice cartel on Navarro now and they've taken major precedent as an antagonist in the season. Okay. It will involve Boba Fett intervening and a new big antagonist. Does that this, is linked to the Spice Cartel is going to be keys for the rest of the series. Does this take place after Book of Boba Fett? Yeah. Okay, so Cad Bane is not going to be a fixture? Or wait, does, no, I don't even remember. Does Cad Bane die? Cad Bane's probably alive. Okay, I didn't even remember what happened. Well, okay, so Boba Fett... Okay, so I think this is going to lock into the Pike Syndicate storyline... And maybe Crimson Dawn, and there's going to be a bigger crime syndicate, whatever's going on, and it's going to cause some trouble throughout the galaxy because there's a power vacuum. We see that season season one of Mando. Cad Bane is most likely alive. Here's why. Because whenever he gets stabbed with the gaffy stick in episode seven of Boba Fett, that blinking light on his torso is going off. And they zoom in on it for like a good two or three seconds. Right. So... He's alive for sure, or it's teasing this storyline of there are there is a bigger bad than the pikes that the pikes are under the thumb of to where they are tracking their own bounty hunters. Crimson Dawn, right? Yeah, I mean that's been teased for a long, long time in comics. Who who's running Crimson Dawn now that Kylo's, you know Kylo, Maul. Or I mean Maul, yeah, sorry. Kira. I mean, if we got Kira running Crimson Dawn, I would be all over that. Yeah. In the comics, uh, Ochia Bestoon is also really involved with Kira. See, this is what we need more of. Like, 
the shit the sequel's focused on is like okay but then there's like Ochia Bastoon like who's so interesting well like who's this guy he's a bounty hunter turned Sith acolyte what's his deal well right in canon we don't know that much about him obviously there's a lot in the eu that's no longer canon or or legends that's still legends um i want more canon stories of him i want more stuff of kira amelia's amelia clark's performance was excellent in solo she's a fairly big player in the underworld and this is all that we're exploring in mandalorian book of boba fett if she doesn't make a reappearance it's going to be a crime yeah to a degree, I don't think a lot of people are wanting that. I'm wanting that because well, I thought. Okay. Whoa. Did a lot of people want the sequels? How they turned out? Not how they turned out, but they wanted right. them. Right, and we got it, and we didn't like it. So, well, y'all didn't, but yeah, most people didn't. Um, Which also rewatching Last Jedi, I am I am standing firm that DJ is one of the best characters in all of Star Wars. Just throwing that out there. Moving on, Boba Fett <laughs> co-stars for the entire season. Nope, not a fan. Pass. Next. <laughs> so, this is supposedly supposed to happen in Chapter 18. How Boba Fett gets wrapped up into the series going forward is the Children of the Watch attack Boba Fett on Tatooine because of his illegitimate armor, and they get into a mini and they get into a mini war, pretty much. Boba Fett and his clan gets into a war with the Children of the Watch. Hey, guys. Yeah? Remember that show we made out of your backyard made by a guy of Spy Kids fame? Yeah? Yeah, remember the one with, you know, really mixed reviews? Yeah? What if we take our cash cow Mandalorian that set the standard for streaming services to Star Wars TV and we put more of that in there, huh? No, thank you. No, no, yeah, we're going to do it. Put that, write that down, Rick McCallum. Write that shit down. It's going to happen. Boba Fett will be fighting off Mandalorians. I'm cool with it. I think it, I think it adds increase. We've already set a whole series to set up Boba Fett. We need him to do something. Boba Fett is going to fight off Mandalorians like he fought off those jack shit delinquents who jumped off the roof when he was walking out with his helmet full of coins. And they stand around him with a sh- with shields and stuff. And Boba Fett's sitting there as a trained bounty hunter in Mandalorian armor. And he sits there and he goes, I have a jetpack. But instead, I'm going to try to RPG them point blank in front of my face to a shield and then he falls on his butt and they hold spears there and he's basically out of fucking luck he doesn't think to jetpack up he doesn't use his flamethrower none of that stuff no lo and behold and they didn't have beskar armor or guns and you're telling me boba's gonna fight mandalorians i hope actually i take it all back i want boba fett to be a mandalorian i want boba fett to get killed by a mandalorian a real one that's what i want from this show I want Boba Fett to get decapitated by a Mandalorian. That would be interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Could you imagine? Could you imagine if Boba Fett suffers the same death as his father, but by the hands of a real Mandalorian? That would be poetic justice to the fandom, but I don't think that's going to happen. 
I think they spent so much money and time setting him up as a major player in this new... Right, because Tamara Morrison's a fantastic actor and everybody loves him and Boba Fett's Boba Fett, so we got to keep him alive until Boba Fett's fat and senile and then they're going to be like, oh, Boba Fett passed away peacefully in his sleep. (laughs) Boba Fett is going to be Joe Biden where he's on screen just uttering cow shit and you're going to be like, what is he saying? He's not even coherent anymore. Oh, he's the he's the dime yo. Meanwhile, inflation's going up and gas prices are through the roof. Politics aside, I think this will be very cool and it it will be something that unites the fandom because there is oh, a lot I, will of place, I, will place, of, I will place a hundred dollar bet that there is as much backlash to Boba Fett being in Mandalorian. I don't know what's what's another thing that's had significant backlash. Book of Boba Fett as a whole. Sure. Y'all heard it here first. This is recorded. $100 bet. I think people are going to love it. I think people are going to love I think some Santin kicking ass against Mandalorians and Din Jaren coming to the rescue. I think it's something that's going to be well received. And you you've heard it here first. $100. And Boba Fett fucking dies. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna die. I think I think season two of Book of Boba Fett's pretty inevitable at this point. Personally, I think I just, it's coming. I just sure. don't want it. Like, I love Boba Fett. I don't want more of him. Yeah. Well, he's coming. He's a reinvented man with a gaffy stick. He eating finally found his family in the Tuscan Raiders, and he's pissed that they're dead. Even eating avocado toast. Yep. Next thing, Chris Lyon, uh, Chris, Christopher Lloyd and Keith David play Mandalorian Chiefs. Cool. Next. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd of Doc Brown, Back to the Future fame. Cool. Awesome. Hasn't, hasn't been relevant in 40 years. Continue. Ray Stevenson, who voiced Gar Saxon, will be playing a Mandalorian who is watching over what is left of Mandalore as an imperial puppet leader. He is a bear-like brute. I don't know what that looks like specifically, so I'm going to hold off any judgment. Because it could be the corniest thing to ever happen, or it could be badass as hell. On on Tatooine, Paz Vizsla and and Kersantan have a duel. I'm here for that, because they're two big chonky boys, and they're going to be going at they're going to be going nuts on each I other. I want, I, yo, hear me out. Hearing. Number one, I want Boba Fett to get decapitated. Number two, I want Santo to grab Paz Vizsla by the Beskar and tear his arms clean out of his sockets. Could you imagine? With the armor and all. And then I want Kersantin to grab whatever Vibro knives they have and i want him to stab paz Vizsla through the chest kersantan is quite actually my one of my favorite side characters in all of star wars he'll be the one that probably dies though i don't think so i think he's proven to be too much of a fan favorite character and they are planning to do book of boba fett season two 
I think there'll be more like henchman like characters for Boba Fett and Mando to be introduced in these upcoming seasons that'll kick the bucket before uh, Santo. Oh, you mean like the entire of the Pirate Cartel trying to take over Tatooine with like a dozen guys? Yeah, they were goons. Chrysanthemum's a badass. But there was, my point is, is the Pikes only had like 15 people to send to Tatooine. And you think Boba's going to have more than that? Which also, my biggest problem with Book of Boba Fett is that the Pikes could be outdone by a couple of ragtag, bitchy, British, water-drinking sons of bitches. Yeah. The, the mods add something to the canon, but they don't add a lot to the story. Well, they would add a lot to the story... But it's like, how about we have just swaths of pikes everywhere? So Because the idea would be that they have so much manpower. And, that well, and also we know that they're formidable warriors. Yeah. In the Clone Wars. Exactly. And they had a, a metric ton of pikes in the Clone Wars. Yeah. What happened? Maybe there's something to be explored with this new Spice Cartel that the Pikes are downhill because they're being used as lackeys under the thumb of Crimson Dawn. The likes Here, of Crimson you, know Dawn. What, you know what might be exposed is that Pablo Hidalgo was actually assassinated by putting a little bit of dog piss in his pasta, and that's why there weren't enough Pikes. Maybe that's it. That's That might be it. That might be it. I think to be a little bit more gracious to the Book of Boba Fett. There's some great moments in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, great moments. How many millions did they spend on it? The fact Robert Rodriguez got a role as a Star Wars director for a couple good moments? I don't know, man. I think episode three and episode four of the Book of Boba Fett are pretty bad, but the rest of it I think is pretty pretty solid Star Wars. Solid. I agree, but I'm not looking for solid. And it's a legacy character. This goes back to my whole point. Legacy characters can't just be solid. They have to fulfill the legacy. They have to, and I'm not just saying fulfill in terms of keep the story. They have to rise up to the level of legendary stories. So if you're not up to the task, don't write them into the story. That's my point. Just sure. Quit while you're ahead. Come up with new characters because with new characters, there's no expectations. Like with Rogue One, nobody had any expectations going into Rogue One and it surpassed everybody's. Yeah. I don't know. I also think Rogue One was perfect uh, perfect in its moment of time. The girl with the necklace, what do you know of the Kaiba crystal? Only the strongest stars have a heart of Kaiba. Episode 2 features Grogu and the Mandalorian going to the unknown regions to visit a mysterious hooded creature. That there is an entire covert of Yoda species on an unknown planet. They go to this planet. That's- and it is filled with Yoda species that are colonized on the idea of the dark side. Actually, dark side Yodas are beyond the unknown regions and they are called the black drinkers because they drink a black goo to give them their dark side powers. I'm a fan of this if the style of the culture is like episode one visions Japanese samurai Yoda people. Like if we see some of them with their ears and then the hair pulled back or some hoods and some like miniature samurai garb. That I'm would telling be- you, man, this could probably be one of the best episodes of any star Wars live action that we've gotten. Thus far. I'm going to be right back. I'm just cool. going to put my whiskey away, but continue. 
No, you're good. I think this is going to add, I mean, this has always been the, uh, the sacred cow of Lucasian Star Wars, right? Don't show Yoda species. Don't show too much about Yoda. He's the sacred cow. And what better people to introduce a new and nuanced without showing fully the Yoda species than Favreau and Filoni. I think this could be a really interesting subplot for the rest of these, uh, the rest of the franchise going forward. I think this could be a really interesting villain because everyone knows Yoda. What yep. if Yoda was evil and there were 12 of them, you know, like, well, I, I think, think this could be a really, really cool subplot for the series. I, I think, yeah, I think it's going to open up another subplot that is if Mando discovers these, it's going to have the Empire pursuing that planet to find out that genetic material like they were after Grogu. I think somehow that's going to get leaked to the Empire. And I think well, that would make more happen. sense. Yeah, for Palpatine. Yeah. Well, and I think it would be how cool would it be to see an army of little Yodas fighting off stormtroopers? But, and it doesn't have to be with lightsabers, they could be dark side users with blasters, with spears, with bows. Like, it's like. If it was like the uh, Brothers of Dathomir type, like tribalness, but mixed with like samurai culture and and some of that Japanese influence, that would be so sick. I, I really think this could be, and also uh, I, I I go back, but this mysterious hooded figure that teases a dark side Yoda planet. What's that about? You know what what could that be? Could that be Palpatine? You know what if it's so. what if it's like a clone of Palpatine? What if it's Snoke? What if it's just a new character that embodies the dark side? What if? What if? There's a lot of things what to be talked about here. Okay, so all out Mando Civil War. We know that. Check that one off the list, Filoni. Yeah, we're we're ready for it. I'm ready for my quite literally my twelve different black series with different Mandalorian armor. Of characters that we get introduced to in Mando season three. Hey, I uh, I got this Lego set recently, and I built it, but it comes with. Oh, that's cool. Mace Windu's phase two. Oh wow! Ladies and gentlemen of the cast, I just thought I'd introduce this because you're talking about black series, and I don't collect black series. I collect Legos, and this is the clone. Yeah. Now look at look at that little look at that little number, little Macy in there. Oh, Macy! I got a, I got the, uh, the uh, oh, shit. Tarkovsky, Mace Window style Black Series recently. That's a great figure. Very nice. Yeah, it's hanging out with all my Jedi on right by my TV. Yeah. Um, okay, final list, final thing on the list for leaks to come out of Mando. Fifty-five minutes, and one of the last thing on the list. One might call that perfect timing. Perfect timing. Okay, I'm gonna read the major cameos that we're gonna get in the season. Are you ready? Um, hey man, I listen. I'm here. I got some water. I got my legs crossed, my fingers crossed. I got my butt cheeks crossed. Because this is probably going to happen. Are you I'm, ready to hear these? Remember how we heard about Ahsoka, Boba, and Luke Skywalker before Mando season two came out? It's kind of a similar deal. I think I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to gauge your reaction. I'm going to read these one by one. Well, like in character array, right? Rex and Wolf. Ah! Do you think they fit in the storyline? In Mando? No. Yeah. Do you think we're going to get them? Probably if it was leaked, but I don't think they belong. Sabine and Ahsoka. Pass. 
Makes sense, though. It does make sense, but pass. Finn Rao. Yes. Axe Woves. Yes. Here's some interesting ones. These are the three last I'm going to say, and these are going to be really interesting. They're going to be hair razors for you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Hera, Callus, and Zeb. Pass on all. Do you think we're going to get them? It's Disney, so yes. What I think is going to happen is I think we're going to check in with Ahsoka and she's going to have Sabine, Hera, Callus, and Zeb. Right. So Disney and their content is like an old musket, but you don't have a bullet. So they just jam-pack screws, forks, glass, all the crap they can find. And then they put the title or the gunpowder under it of Mandalorian. And it's like, we got a winner. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I really hope that doesn't happen. I want to check in with Ahsoka a little bit, just so we can have a little bit more context to... You don't think so? No, because here's the thing. We're getting an Ahsoka show. We saw her in Book of Boba Fett, and we saw her in Mando. How many more things does she have to be in for us to get glimpses or info into her story? Give her her own damn series and explain it there. And then and let, let it all tie back into The Mandalorian. Yeah, but like to... Like, I get... Having her pop up in Mando and Book of Boba Fett to have like plot points or like beats that's like, oh, we see her in this. So we know kind of what she's doing at this time. But her show needs to be about her. Sure. What, what, and it, I, we don't know necessarily the duration of time that that show occurs over. Yeah. So just explain it there. You can do visions. You can do flashbacks you can do so many things to go back and explain stuff but or or her reference things in conversation it does not need to take up time in mandalorian unless this mandalorian is going to be like a four here's the thing if mandalorian is going to be four or five seasons okay give ahsoka five episodes one a season i don't care but we don't know not that it not that mandalorian doesn't do well enough to have five seasons but we don't know what they're planning on doing so season three could be it theoretically theoretically, theoretically. I doubt it by like an millionth degree, but I yeah. doubt it. But if not, okay, let's say they confirmed for season four. Season four could be the last season. Do I want to soak it in every season but season one? No. Let her yeah. appear in a season or two. I want this to be a Mando Boba centric season. And well, okay, yeah. Mando Boba season, I'm cool with. Because Boba I think Fett. Boba Fett makes sense. I really do. Because no, they become brothers, and they become brothers, and it makes sense. I agree. I'm just saying, if Boba Fett shows up in season four, then I'm going to be pissed. Because that goes back to at the end of the day, it's Mando's show. Give yeah. him the majority of the time. Because Boba was in season two, not too much, but he was in it a fair amount, like yeah. a hearty he amount. Was, of he amount. was in. He was in it um, at least like in essence four. He was in the end of one. He was in six, seven, and eight. Yeah. And in terms of screen time, he probably had close to 60% of the screen time. As much, he almost had as much as Greek Karga, probably. Oh, more. Are you kidding? More. Easy. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think? What do you think Grief Karga is going to be adding to Mandalorian season three? I think Grief Karga is going to be playing the morally gray character that's in between the Spice Cartel and then our hero Mando. Okay. I think he I think he's going to be get these damned Spice Cartels off my planet. Well, I think that's going to be his goal, but I think he's going to hey, I'm going to play nice to get nice with the Spice Cartel 
even though it's not really what I want until I can figure out an auxiliary plan with Mando. That's what I'm saying is he's going to be playing both. He's going to play the Spice Cartel so that sure. they don't run him out or kill him and his people, but then also try to recruit Mando or Boba or people to bring them in and help him with the Spice Cartel. Sure. And neither one is right necessarily because, I mean, I guess it depends on what every individual person believes morally, but he's not going to be doing anything objectively good or objectively bad. He's going to be kind of in the in the middle. Okay. That's interesting. I don't, I don't see that of grief, but I think it'll be I, I think it'd be really interesting if it played out that way. Sure. We see a little bit of the dark side of grief again. Well, I don't even think it's dark so much as it's just he's a utilitarian. He's just got to do what he's got to do to survive. He's not in it for anybody else but himself, and not in a purely selfish way, but in a survivalist way. I think he is. I like that. Yeah. I never really saw that in grief until well, I mean, I saw that in season one of grief. Because are you griefing me right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how he griefs in season one. But <laughs> grief but be griefing. He do be griefing. Grief be griefing. But we need a t-shirt that says that. Grief be griefing. It has the mustache under it for Carl Weathers. That would be really funny. But <laughs> I mean, that's all I have to say about Mando season three so far. I've not looked into any recent leaks, but that's what I hear. Well, hey, as far as I'm concerned, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be having another episode between now and August 21st because there's going to be a new member to literally the family of Cappuccinos on Coruscant. Uh, I'm getting married the 21st. Um, And we're going to... 11 days. We're going to... Yeah, I'm going to pre-record the episode and probably release it while I'm on honeymoon so that it's more spaced out so that when we get back, then we can record a fresh one. It's kind of equidistant. Yeah. Um, but, and it'll be closer to Andor too, so we can do. There'll probably be some more stuff that comes out about so that. Let's, the next episode, then let's do the impact of Star Wars on in in TV and streaming, and the impact of streaming and TV on Star Wars, and we can cue that into a hype episode for Andor. Sure, yeah, and then uh, I do want to talk about the Acolyte one episode because a oh. lot of stuff is coming out about that, and uh, I got two words for you, Darth Plagueis. I got. Two words for you. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the acolyte. Let's talk about everything that's coming out. Um, yeah, man, I'm stoked. I'm ex- I'm excited to do live reactions to Andor and Bo- uh, and Bad Batch with you as well. Last thing. You want to play Fortnite for 40 minutes after this? Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, from everybody who's on Coruscant, see you later and good night. May the force be with you. <laughs>